Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. Well, let's get into this message today because I want to speak to the man today. Any men out there? And so ladies, I'm going to really want to encourage our men today. So can you help me? Can you help me just encourage our men? Because our men, I'm telling you, are under attack. (laughs) Say that with a smile. But And uh, today I'm saying, you're the man. You're the man. You're the man. You are the man. See, what defines a man, huh? What what defines a man? You know, is it his beard? (laughs) Because I'm a failure, I'm telling you, I try every year, you know, Christmas time, I was like, I'm going to shave for, you know, a few weeks, and I let it grow, and, and you know, end up, it gets all patchy, and, you know, smoochy, you look like one of those wrangly dogs from Thailand or something, you know, like, it's like, ah, just not a man. Well, Hummer here, you know, he just sneezes and his beard grows. And so if that was it, you know, there'd be a few people in the church, yeah, Harley, I'm telling you, you know, to be worshipped if he, you know, if it was about the size of the, you know, the beard and how he could grow a beard. But is it in your beard? Is it in your physical strength? Is that what defines a man? Uh, if so, <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to have some great fun with the men after t- uh, uh, this service today where we're going to have Tweeko's strongest man and strongest boy. It's going to be so fun in this place. We're going to have a little bit of fun uh, after the service to finish that. But is it in, a, in, in the physical strength? I don't, I don't know. I think some of us would be left out if that was the case. I mean, you go into some areas of, of you know, life, like I've been, being a builder, you, you know those scenarios, that a man's actually defined by how much he can drink. Sadly. You go a step further, sometimes it's, it's you know, man's defied how crass a person could be or how their exploits are in the bedroom. Come on, I, am I talking to real people this morning? Because I, you know, I can't talk to the man and not be real. Come on. And so what defines a man? What, what defines a man? I mean, the goals have changed. You think about even being a dad, about being the dad. If you go back to my dad's generation... To be a good dad, you were the, pro- the provider. That's what would define you as a good dad. You, you never necessarily didn't have to connect with you know, your wife or, or your kids necessarily. You could sit in the corner, but as long as you provided for the family, you were a good dad. And then it shifted a little bit. The, the goalpost shifted, right? Where it was no longer you're a good dad if you just provided, but you needed to provide well-being, you know, emotional well-being. And so the goals shift. And same as being a man, not only being a dad, but being a man, the goals keep shifting. The problem is if we think about that as a sports analogy, if the goals keep on shifting, how do you know when, when you're winning? How do you, if, 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 if the world's telling me this is how to be a man and the goal keeps on shifting, how do I know if, if I win? Now, for a man, if you want to discourage, lady, if you want to discourage men, tell them how bad they are doing something. Because every man, intrinsically within them, wants a sense that they are winning. 
you, you want a man to zone out, whether it's your boy or your man in life, you want them to zone out and cut off. It's getting really quiet in this place. Though. I'm with you guys. You've got to understand that when I preach, I don't preach at you, I preach for you. Come on, somebody. And, and thank you, whoever that woman of God is. It'd have to be up at the back. They came in late, so they had to make up for it with a big amen. <laughs> I love Lorna. And so if the, if the goalposts are shifting, you know, you're taking conversion. How do I know if I'm a man if the goalposts are shifting? Because, you know, you know and so where do we look? Do we, do we go? Do we ask the ABC? Do we, who do we ask? Who is a man? You, you know, because it is difficult for any man to continue to do what he thinks he doesn't do well. You want me to cut off? You want me to zone out? Just tell me how bad I am at doing something. But you want me to rise into everything that God has? Say, so you know what? You're so good at bringing the groceries in. I'm telling you. And, and man, I won't be taking two bags of groceries in. I'll be like, oh, this ain't nothing. <laughs> you know, you'll have them on your shoulder, on your ear. It's like... Is there any man out there? We... So today I want to re- redefine the winds of a man. I want to redefine the winds of a man. You see, we make choices to be a man. We are male by birth. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. We are male by birth, but we are man by choice. Thank you. Uh, it must have been God because it was better than me. <laughs> and so this is even maybe today we have opportunity to choice, choose, man. We have opportunity to choose. We're not victims. Our destiny is in our hands. So I want to say to you, men, you're the man. You are the man. I'm patting you on the back today and saying you're the man. A lot of people wouldn't understand the fights that you fight. But I want to say that you're the man. You are the man. This is the discussion that Paul, Apostle Paul, had with his younger protege, Timothy, who was a young man who was trying to live for God, was trying to do what we are doing, doing our best with what we have. And this little snippet of Scripture is going to point some things out for us today that encourage us and redefine the winds of being a man. Are you going to come with me today? Here it is. But you, but you, O man of God. Well, I'm going to prophesy over some men in this place today. But you, man of God. But you, man of God. It's not how you feel, but you, man of God, produced by God, set apart by God, called by God. But you, man of God. Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Goes on to say in verse 14 that you can keep this covenant without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. If, if you're taking notes today, even on your phone, whatever, here's, here's number one. You're the man because of what you flee from. You're the man because of what you flee from. F- flee from. That sounds a little bit cowardly, Jono, to flee, to run from something. 
Actually, it's quite courageous to be a man, to know when it's time to run. We don't run in fear, we run in wisdom. If you read the book of Proverbs, which is, a, which is, a, which is letters of wisdom written to his son, Solomon writing to his son, book of Proverbs, you see time and time again, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon saying, run from this, run from this kind of woman, run from this kind of person, run from this environment, run from these atmospheres, run from these mindsets, run from these people with anger, unless you become like them. To run is not a cowardly thing, it actually can be a courageous thing to know that, you know what, this is just not my, my life, I, I just don't... I'm going to actually just run for my life. That's how the message version actually says that scripture. Run for your life. <laughs> it's like, isn't that overstating it a little bit? I love how the writer, Eugene Peterson, wrote that, run for your life, because if we only knew the weight that is at the end of some of our decisions, just to turn that, it's actually life and death decisions. Just, just to run. Just... Just to run, just to, just to, to flee, to, to run. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said like this. He said, you know, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your leg causes you to sin or stumble, you know what? You're better off without it. Cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. And what was Jesus saying? You know, was he into prosthetic limbs? You know, like Jesus was really keen, you know. Come, come on over here, Peter. Yeah, I'm coming over, Jesus. I'm just living for you. I'm just living for you. No, he's saying, you know what? If, if it's going to be a stumbling block for it, for you, you're better off without it. If it was today's version, man, can I speak to you for a moment? If it's going to cause something to come in your mind, Cancel that subscription. Throw a rock through that TV. Oh, come on, somebody. I know you're trying to be polite because there's a lady sticking beside you, but I'm preaching for you. (laughs) If it's going to cause you weakness in your life, man, you're better off without those friends anyway. Because you're defined by what you flee from. What you... Flee from, but it doesn't end there. Paul goes a step further and says, hey, it's not only about what you flee from, but it's what you pursue after. That's what you follow after. I've found that in life, that when you're following Jesus, there's a whole lot more to do's than there is to don'ts. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot more that he's set our focus on. That's why I want to run, raise young men, my two boys that are just busy. They're just busy surfing. They're busy, you know, skateboarding. They're busy scoring tries in the last 10 seconds like my oldest boy did yesterday. Come on, somebody. Chip off the old block, if I can say so myself. You see, you're the man by what you follow after. Some of us get the, the ring on the finger and we stop pursuing after our women. Come on, that's just the beginning, bruh. That is just the beginning. Oh, come on, darling, where's my food at? You know, it's like, 
That's just the beginning. In fact, man, I will say to this, that you are born with a sense of pursuit in you. That that is intrinsically in you. That if you're not following something with passion, if you're not following something with enthusiasm, with a godness inside of you, you'll have a hole filled shape that cannot be filled without the pursuit of something of God's nature which is inside of you. The pursuit of something. The pursuit of something. Let me ask you what... Let me say it like this. We're all pursuing something. We're all pursuing something. We're, we pursue careers, even good things. Hey, careers and pay rises and, you know, good, good standing in your community. We, we, we're all pursuing even good things. But I wonder how many of those things are actually wrong things that we're pursuing. Let me put it like this. FOMO is real, man. FOMO is real. You know what FOMO is? The fear of missing out. Actually, a diagnosed psychological disease. FOMO. Fear of missing out. You're missing out. You, like, you, you want to have what they have? That what, that's what drives social media is FOMO. They say that that, that is a big psychological force. I, I want to know what's happening. I, I don't want to miss. Don't want to miss out. The problem is when FOMO becomes connected to your pursuits. All of a sudden, you're raising kids FOMO. You don't want them to miss out, and so you're pursuing after things that are just like these fantasies taking you on a wild goose chase of expectations that won't fulfill you like you know the constitution in america in the pursuit of happiness they find like there's nothing there i wonder today whether god wants to remind us of the pursuing of greater things than what fomo would stir, stir in our world and seek some godly things, some things that we were created for. In fact, the message version says it like this. I love this. Oh, I'm just wanting to stir some godly passion in, our, in you today. I love this. NLT says, seek first, pursue first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things that everybody's worried about missing out will be added to you. It says this in Matthew 6.33, If God gives... Such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. (laughs) To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things But you know both God and how He works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provision. Now watch this. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Can somebody please say amen? That you'll be on. With the pursuit men today, what are you pursuing? God's calling you. God's calling literally means that He is 
calling you. Stand up, Jesse. Get in the aisle there, bro. Get in the aisle there really quick. You are walking in life, walking through life, following the Lord. But God is calling you into your destiny. God is calling you into your future, saying, come on, bro. I have something for you. I have something great for you. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, you will follow me. You pursue after the very thing that I pursued after you for. Now come and follow me. He's calling you, man. He's calling you women today. Will you pursue after what I've called you to in Jesus' name? Amen. The third thing, I've got to go quick. The the third third thing is here is you're the man because of what you fight for. The Apostle Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. I can't make this easy for you. I can't. But men, you're in for a fight. Ladies, you know you're in for a fight. We're in for a fight. I'm here to speak to the men today that the enemy wants to destroy our families. In particular, he wants the men. Oh, come on. I'm not not putting down women now. I'm speaking to men. That there's something that God has planned in the heart of man, mankind, that we all are created in God's image, absolutely. But you look in biblical, I mean, this is a study that I'm working through at the moment, that the devil will bind up women. The devil will want to bind up and trap women, but he wants to destroy the men. You look at every Western country in the world, the greatest rate of, of suicide is always the men. Just down the road here, this week, 50-year-old men, it's not worth it. Now, I'm speaking truth to you today because the devil will want to bind women up. They'll want, to, they'll want them living small and bound up and chained up. That's why I'm so thankful that we're going to be a church to see women set free to live all that they've been called to be and called into their destiny. But it's not enough for the devil just to chain men up. He wants to destroy them at the very core of who they are. To redefine what is a man. I'm here to tell you today that there is a fight, men. And I don't want them to discourage you because I know there's men, like I've been sometimes, where I've fought so much that I've dropped my hands and I said, I don't know whether I can fight anymore. So I'm not here to say, you know, I know there's no battle. I'm here to tell you, lift up your jukes again today and say it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord that is coming. And I'm going to fight for what matters. I'm going to fight for the calling of God upon my life. I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight for my children. You know how I fight for my children, man? It's when they're asleep. And I'm down on these bad boys. And I'm just saying, God, protect my boys. God, set them apart for you. May there be some hot young lady that they discover that's on fire for the Lord one day. Oh, man, I'm praying it. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm praying over my girls, God. Don't give them a taste for the world. Give them a taste for your presence. I'm fighting for them. Each one of you men can do that. You don't have to be a super spiritual person. This is Timothy. Real people in the Bible, we fight. You got 40 years married this this week, weren't you? That's so good. 39 happy years. 40 all together. 
I'm telling you, when I see somebody that's married 40 years, I'm thinking to myself, well done, first of all, but I think, how many battles? How many conversations into the earliest hours of the morning? How are we going to do this, darling? We've got to pray over this. We've got to work this through. There is a fight. I'm telling you, you know, last week, Mayweather and McGregor fought and they each received hundreds of millions of dollars each. I'm not so impressed by that. <laughs> I'm impressed by real men. They're fighting for the fight of their life, man, and just living for Jesus. They're loving their wives because it's way more value than any dollar tree amount, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It is a good fight. It is a good fight. It is a good... That's what the Apostle Paul said. Fight the good fight. You know, there's bad fights where we fight in our marriage instead of fighting for our marriage. We fight against the preacher. I don't know why, because he's such a wonderful person. He's such a loving, anointed man of God. Instead of knowing that, you know what, these people are for me. Fight the good fight. Come on up, man. I, I want to pray for people in just a moment. Here's the last thing. I've got a minute 30 left. Who'll give me two minutes? Will you give me two minutes? Who'll give me two minutes? Put your hand up. Two minutes. Two, four, six, eight, twenty. Oh, also, I've got half an hour. Works every time. The last thing here is you're the man because of what you're faithful to. What you're faithful to. What you're faithful to. I don't have time or neither want to make this the main point about infidelity, which, which is so destructive in our world. And my heart breaks with people that have known that up close. But I do want to speak about this, about faithfulness. That faithfulness means this. It's what you consistently attend to. Faithfulness is what you consistently attend to. So you come into my backyard and I'm unfaithful to my gardens, I'm telling you. <laughs> and my grass, anybody out there, I mean, it's dead. It, it's, gone, it's gone dry, hot, dry winter. It is dead. Why? Because I haven't consistently attended to it. When you're faithful to something for instance, your marriage. For instance, your calling. When you're faithful to something, for instance, those giftings and anointings that God has placed upon your life and upon no other. When you are faithful to those things, you consistently attend to those things. You water them. You grow them. You Nurture them. You, you, you treasure them. You prize them. You, you hug them. You kiss them. You're faithful to them. Why? Because you're the man. You're the man. You are the man. I'm, I, I'm not to here to say being a man's easy. I'm here to actually tell you that being a man's hard. And I know that both sexes have different struggles. But I'm here to speak over our men today that you are the man anointed by God. 
defined by what you flee from, what you follow after, what you're faithful to, and what you fight for. I want all our men to stand in this place. How many ladies were blessed just by me speaking on men today? In a moment, ladies, I want you to... Pastor Amy did this. We didn't talk about this. She's done this already. But in a moment, I want you to stand and genuinely, sincerely give these men an ovation. Give them praise. Give them thanks. Now I know we have all different backgrounds. I know that sometimes for men and manly people, there's been a whole lot of hurt. But today, these men, these men in this place need your praise and your thanks and your honour today. You know what? Just the other day, man, look at me for a moment. Just the other day, I was shaving in the mirror. I was shaving like this and I saw this little person. I have four little people in, in my house. And out of the corner of my eye, I was shaving. I saw this little person. I looked at him, my little Caleb three-year-old boy. I looked at him by looking in the mirror. And I saw him in the mirror looking back up at me in the mirror. I was shaving like this. I looked down and he had a bit of Lego going like this in the mirror. And our eyes caught. And in that moment, I thought, I'm looking in the mirror, looking back at what I was. And here he's looking in the mirror, seeing the image of what he can be. Today, friend, I don't know what the past has been. I don't know what the past has been, good, bad or ugly. But I want you to see what the future can be. That you were created in the, in the image of a perfect creator. That saw you and called you by name. And said, you know what, I don't want this boy to stay a boy. I want them to become a man. That I have special things on their life. I've set apart for them to rise into and to become all that they're called to be. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweed Coast Church, please visit tweedcoastchurch.com.au.